welcome back to the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andy Tempty. On the Balancing Act, we talk to business leaders and industry experts to explore the balancing acts we play in our professional lives, learn about the events that put rocket boosters behind their career success. Today, we have Charlie Cicchetti joining us. Charlie is the CEO of Green Building Education Services and is also the chief executive and co-founder of Sustainable Investment Group. Welcome to the show, Charlie. Andy, thanks for having me. Uh, really excited to, I know we'll talk learning, the teacher side, green buildings, because that's what I do. And and thanks for just kind of giving me a little mentorship as our relationship is growing. I really appreciate that. Yes. Uh, uh, for our listeners, uh, Charlie is an awesome dude, and you're going to learn a lot from him today. Uh, Charlie, before we get started, I ask all my guests this question. Uh, what's your story? Yeah, thanks for this opportunity. Um, I'm here in Georgia, just outside of Atlanta, but I grew up in a small mountain town in North Georgia, went to Georgia Tech and got into construction, real estate, and then green buildings. And uh, the 2008 recession happened. I might hit on that a little later, a little curveball there. But construction, Andy, was changing. Green buildings were on the scene. And I was fortunate to actually start with a co-founder, a green building consulting and training firm. Later, we added other services like engineering. And then today, you know, I'm really proud that we've helped hundreds uh, of thousands of professionals around the world learn about what's a green building, get these letters after their name, these professional credentials. And, um, and then I've also been able to work on these green building projects. Out of the 200,000 architects, engineers, contractors, real estate professionals in the world that have passed a LEED professional credential exam, only 350 are named as lead fellows. Andy, I'm one of the youngest lead fellows. I don't take that lightly. They let me in the club. Um, yeah. That just means that, you know, I, I know green buildings. I know how to help with careers in this green building movement, I still call it overall. And as you've got to know me, you probably can tell I just love entrepreneurship. And uh, that's why I have multiple businesses, but still serving the built environment. Yeah, for our listeners, uh, take a look at uh, Charlie's uh, LinkedIn profile and and follow him. Uh, I just mentioned two of the businesses that he's got his uh, his fingers and mind into. So uh, a lot going on in in Charlie's life. Now, if we go back uh, to your career arc, if you had to pick one event in your life, just put rocket boosters behind your career. What would that be? Well, and later I'd love to talk about even just the pandemic and virtual work, virtual learning, but really that event for me is definitely 2008, uh, uh, January 2008. My wife and I, Andy, bought our first house together here outside of Atlanta. Uh, June 2008, we had our first son, Blake, and then November 5th, 2008, I'll never forget, I'm working for a $2.2 billion a year privately held real estate company, and I get laid off with my whole construction team. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And uh, and so you never burn any bridges. I actually, the next day, went back to work for a mentor at a very large construction company. At one time, he built the second tallest in, uh, building in the world, the Petronas Tower, number two in Malaysia. Now it's like number 10. Yeah. I called Bob Duma up at Batson Cook uh, Company. And I said, Bob, this just happened. He said, come in tomorrow, we'll figure it out. And he put me on as a consultant for a period of time. But green buildings, and I built up that green building skill set, <clears throat> were on the scene, lead. I was an early user of lead 
And, uh, and we started our company in early 2009. So I was able to just lean into a relationship. I'm so grateful that in that moment, you know, I got <laughs> my mortgage, I've got a, a, a young son, this happened, but I knew construction wasn't going to be the same. And I really wanted to make sure we're doing something in this green movement, the screen building movement. And so just that call to Bob gave me a little time. But then I'm like, you know what, who better than us right now to, to start this, uh, this endeavor. And so we started with in-person lead prep training, and we had partnered with our friends at gbes.com. Later, I acquired that business. Uh, but in that moment, that really was the rocket boost. I always knew, Andy, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh, my mom and dad were small business owners in the small town we grew up in. I took a lot of business classes at Georgia Tech, even though it's more of an engineering school. And I finally got the kick in the butt to finally do my own thing. Yeah, those those mentor relationships, those uh, even if they're casual acquaintances, you know, there are, there are times when the sledding gets tough, and even when it's not, the sledding's not tough. Uh, you pick up the phone, you make the call. Something is going to happen, even if it's just a great conversation. But sometimes you get that rocket booster moment, like like you had. So uh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, now let's move on uh, to green building. Can you give us a primer on GBES and Sustainable Investment Group? Uh, who do you serve? Yeah, thank you. Um, so Green Building Education Services or GBES.com, uh, architects, engineers, contractors, real estate professionals that want to learn more about what's it take to make a building a green building and save energy and save water and recycling, green pest control, green cleaning, uh, recycling and composting, all of that. You know, you can take our online courses. <laughs> you can also pass professional credential exams we prep you for, and then you have continued that. So it really is the the commercial building built sector, some single family residential, that's the audience there. And it's really a trusted brand. <clears throat> and then we have our consulting and engineering and ESG firm, SIG, Sustainable Investment Group. And those are the subject matter experts that kind of, it's the push the button done for you. Hey, you need a team to come in that really can coach that new construction building. How do you save energy, save water, get a lead certification? Or, and this is something I want to hit on later, retrofitting of existing buildings. Like there's so much we need to do with our existing building stock that uh, SIG's done such a great job of greening up existing portfolios of real estate. Those are some key clients too. So on one hand, it could be large architects like Gensler and HOK and Perkins Will that need the education. On the other hand, it could be a large real estate developer or it could be a, the next school being built in your community and there's some money set aside. Let's make sure this is a eco-friendly building that happens to cost the taxpayers in that county less money to run because it is more energy efficient. So we kind of cover both sides there. We teach about it. We help create careers. And then over here, well, we can send in the subject matter experts to help you on your actual projects too. Yeah, just just a real quick aside. Uh, the pandemic, uh, we all lived through it. Uh, uh, what did the pandemic uh, do other than increased air handling uh, capabilities to the, you know, to, to the, to the green building movement or uh, especially retrofitting? What kind of investments are being made there? Yeah. 
Yeah, pandemic hit. Thankfully, my businesses, and I don't know not every business can say this, right, Andy, but my businesses, you know, actually did really well through the pandemic. There was just newfound time for architects, no commute. Hey, I have no excuse not right. to go take some online learning, get my credentials, do my continuing ed. Or on the healthy building side, that's what I think you're alluding to, is um, there's a couple programs called Well and Fit Well. That's a CDC program that were on the scene before the pandemic. And how do we focus on wellness real estate? Pandemic hit, my phone's ringing, clients saying, Charlie, hey, we need indoor air quality testing. What can we do to get these occupants of our office buildings back? And so that really accelerated the, uh, what we call healthy building programs, well and fit well. But just a few best practices for a commercial building. You know, you definitely want to have, sure, better outside fresh air coming in, better filtration, green cleaning. All of those things are so important. But then we get to active furnishing, stand-up desks, right? Sit-stand desks. We want to make sure we have indoor, you know, green walls and more plants indoors. We want to make sure we have natural light. You know, no better light than natural light here. You want that connection to the outdoors. If you can see nature out where you're working, you have that connection to nature. It's just more calming on down a long list of things we could do to make a, a healthier space. And all that got sped up through the pandemic. Yeah, I, I love the research uh, on uh, education and learning uh, that shows that you put some plants in a room, uh, you know, you make the room uh, with uh, better lighting, more, more breathable air, and learning outcomes uh, actually go up. It's a uh, it is, it is really awesome. Well, Charlie, we could probably spend a few more minutes on that, but this is the Balancing Act podcast, and I want to get to some balancing acts. Uh, what's the most important balancing act that your clients are playing in the green building space? Uh, and to narrow things down, how about we talk about architects first, and then maybe hit on contractors? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what comes to mind is, is balancing cost and proactive green, right? It's, it's still a balancing act here. So if you're an architect, you have to decide as a firm how much green best practices you'll bake into your normal design, chancing that the owner developer may value engineer some of that out. So you have to know, do you want to be known as a green uh, best practice firm? And so I think architects more and more, thankfully, a lot we've trained with our LEAP classes, they're baking in, so to speak, just anything they touch, they're going to have a certain level of sustainability no matter what. That's just what they do as a firm. They may or may not go for an official LEED certification, right? Buildings can earn certified silver, gold, or platinum. But just architects need to decide how much are they baking in no matter what when they work on any project. And then you have to balance that out with cost. Does LEED platinum, the best you can do on the LEED program, cost more than LEED certified? Yes, it does. But we can really regroup and figure out which items on a lead project cost more, which ones are just low and no cost, and just collaborate around that. So I think architects, how much do you bake in no matter what if someone's going to hire you to design their next building? On the uh, contractor side, I think it's, it's picking up on that and it's understanding what are we doing to green our construction sites? What are we doing with the materials that we select? And since they're the pricing exercises for a new construction project, I think the contractor still that balancing act is, you know, how can they let the client know that, hey, lead five years ago cost more than lead today. So be bold enough to the contractors listening to say, look, this green building work, the prices are coming down. 
we can all speak a common language now. It doesn't cost what it used to cost. A simple example is low VOC paint, right? When that first came out, low chemical paint might have been a premium. Now it's just the best practice. You can find it at Lowe's or Home Depot. It's just expected. So just be bold if you're the contractor or architect. What are you baking in or what are you willing to present to your owner developer and say, actually, this doesn't cost as much as it used to. We should do it anyway. Yeah. And I, I would, I, I just have to imagine as we're all talking about back to the office that, uh, that, that, that one office being uh, green and well and lead versus another that's not is going to have a big impact on, uh, on employee wellness and, uh, and, and, and even engagement. Absolutely. I mean, the studies are there, but also even recruitment, right? I think if you're asking me, say I'm applying for a job at your company that, hey, I'm going to ask you to come in two, three days a week. Imagine that. Um, is it a green space? Is it a green office? Is it a healthy office? And and you actually have gone out of your way and I can really see the actual approvals. I can feel that. Then you're more likely to have better recruitment and retention. So I think more and more companies need to, when they're talking about cost, not just the real estate cost, the power bills, the, the gas bills, how about what's it going to cost for hiring, retaining top talent? Then you're starting to get into some other departments and their budget. So I think that's an important part of the conversation. Yeah. And this, this war for talent is uh, not going away anytime soon. Um, before we break for a really quick commercial, I'd, I'd like to get into your career arc. Uh, what's the most important balancing act that you've played as it's contributed to your career success? So, yeah, I want to kind of stretch a little bit of the virtual workforce. We, as a set of green building, consulting, and training uh, companies, you know, we have a mostly virtual staff all over the U.S., and, you know, but if we hire a new team member, you know, I wish we were in that one office all together, right? I wish we could read the body language. Did that person get that? No, no, no. Hey, let's go to lunch and, and carry that on. It's, I'm not rushing off to my next Zoom or Teams call, right? And so I think we do miss that a little bit, even as a, as a growing uh, green building uh, set of companies. But, but with that comes just impact. I think most of the workforce, especially my workforce, being millennial, towards Gen Z, they want to work for mission-driven companies, right? And so if I have a young project manager working on a, a green building project and they don't really see their impact, right, they could get a little discouraged. And I've got to remind them that one class you're teaching may have someone that becomes a key decision maker down the road. And think about that ripple effect on what they're going to do with their next projects or their influence. If it's one building, and just think of a commercial building compared to homes. Sometimes we do say, hey, saving this much electricity in a building saves this many homes or gets this many cars off the road. And then I think on our technology side, same thing, you're empowering other users to do this. So, so what I'm trying to answer is the balancing act is the coaching and leadership to employees that really want to work for mission-driven companies. Not just do they understand your mission, but where do they actually have impact, not just on your company, but in your industry. And so I find myself a lot, Andy, trying to just make sure, especially our young team members, feel like they, they, they think they should be impacting thousands of buildings. Then they make a difference instead of that one project at a time where that's rubbing off on a lot of others. Um, and, and, and they just need to know you are making an impact. 
That's fantastic, Charlie. Thanks for sharing. Uh, we're going to take a really short commercial break and we'll be right back. I'm Andy Tempty. My new book, The Balanced Business, is scheduled for release on October 3rd. This book blends everything I've learned over the last 35 years and details the management operating system I would deploy if I could go back and do it all over again. The Balanced Business is a practical, real-world guide to help businesses achieve long-term success that's built on a culture of trust balanced with accountability. The Balanced Business is available for pre-order on Amazon.com today. And we're back with Charlie Cicchetti talking about green building education and consulting. Charlie, let's talk about ESG. Has the recent trend to politicize and question ESG investing criteria had any negative impact on the quest to build more efficient, sustainable infrastructure? And, you know, for our listeners who may not be familiar with the term, ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance uh, Practices. So do we have to work to rebuild trust in green building practices, or is the thesis behind green building just unassailable? No, I'm glad you brought this up. It's an important conversation. Um, since I've been involved in this green movement, if you will, the, the vocabulary shifted from green to sustainability, I work in buildings, both new construction and existing real estate. And now, you know, like it or not, the new overall umbrella really has become ESG. I think it's important, and thanks for defining it, is, you know, E, environmental, is what's your company's impact on the environment, right? We want to really measure that. Um, S, it's the social, it's the people side. But I think sometimes we forget it's our employees, but also the communities where we have our, in our case, projects, are we creating jobs? What are we doing for our communities? And then G is governance. It's not just are there incentives for the C-suite to do better with sustainability and hit certain targets. Maybe they get a certain bonus that does make it a priority. It's even just anti-bribery laws and what do you do in different situations. So I think when you peek under the hood, it's just a new overall set of guidelines. It has become weaponized and politicized. And as we look ahead to a presidential election cycle, yeah, there's going to be a lot of talk about this, both positive and negative. Um, my take on it and how it hasn't, knock on wood, thankfully affected my businesses is the following. For example, under the Trump administration, the U.S. got off of the Paris Climate Accord, but so many states and cities still aligned with saving energy. Like it was already in motion. And there's so many mandates for states and cities that um, even some companies said, hey, we're still going to do this. It's part of our corporate uh, and social responsibility. So if you don't want to say ESG, I think some people say CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility. But the uh, thing that I want everybody to remember is, and while now the U.S. under the Biden administration is back on the Paris Climate Accord, at the end of the day, think about your state, cities, and don't forget companies. And so there's so many companies, for example, even Walmart. Many years ago, to sell into Walmart, they had their own eco scorecard for suppliers. And they said, hey, if you don't meet the standard, we're not going to buy from you. Like, that's amazing. That's not lead, a lead building. It's just there's buying power with large corporates that say, this is important to us. So like it or not, it's important to these companies. And that's what really drives a lot of commerce. Some companies won't lease space in an office building unless it's a lead building or a well 
healthy building. So I would say, um, yeah, be ready for ESG getting a, a black eye coming up, people talking about it in different ways, but break it down. What's important to you? What's important to your company? And the secret to ESG is transparency. Hey, here's what we're really proud of. Here's what's important to us as a company. Here's what we think we could do better with. And here's what we're doing about it year over year. Yeah, thank you for continuing to lead the charge there. Uh, no pun intended on the lead <laughs> side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm an I, uh, I I make no bones about it. I am an unabashed uh, pale blue daughter, meaning we all live on this in the grand scheme of things, very, very small planet uh, spinning around the sun and hurtling uh, through space and time. We all live here together. Uh, so to imagine that we shouldn't be focused on governance or how we're impacting our neighbors uh, and, uh, and, and the environment, uh, certainly those three letters, ESG, uh, you know, let's, uh, just take a step back from all the weaponization and the politicization and uh, and just think about each other for a moment. So thank you for that uh, little commercial break You're welcome. there. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, so, Charlie, we also frequently discuss the balancing act that we have to play between the application of technical skill in the world of work, uh, knowing how to do uh, green building, and human skill, or also known as soft skills in the modern world of work. What's your message to both your colleagues and the clients you serve to get this balancing act right in your industry? Yeah, and, and part of it is I didn't realize I'd like to teach as much as I ended up in my career. And uh, I think some of that's my aunts in New York, my dad's other family, they were all New York State teachers. My dad even taught English in the 60s. And then he went to Woodstock, and that's a whole other story. But uh, I would say, um, you know, really teach everything you know. And so that's a challenge to those that could be a mentor. It's a challenge to those within companies to develop leaders. I think you and I have talked about it where – there's um, 101 level, kind of maybe what, you know, what is this? 201, why should I care? 301, how do I do it? 401, how do I master it? In so many words, uh, I'm talking to the expert here in Kaplan, yep. but that's how I kind of define it. And there's a huge need right now for the 301 level. How do I actually do it? Less theory, more, how do I do it? What are the tools, the tips, the tricks, the templates? And so, so I think just more of that. So I think that's the balance, right? I, I'm big on leadership. Absolutely, and more EQ and soft skills, but there is a technical component to really get more specific on on how do you do a lot of this work in the green building movement. There is a lot of technical work that's needed, and so with our education company, we're trying to roll out new ESG data specialists. That's a new title we've seen in the marketplace. Who better than us to maybe put out a certificate course like that? So I think that's that's kind of where I'm at. Is you know I've probably personally taught maybe 10,000 people in my career about green buildings. I'm really proud of that because if I go to a conference, especially overseas, someone will come up and hug my neck, Andy, I've never met before. They've heard my voice. They've heard some of our GBS classes. It's helped them maybe pass an exam or get a raise or who knows. And they're coming up and I've never met them. And they're giving me a hug. And, and that's pretty cool. That's pretty powerful. That goes back to impact, right? It's, it's There's probably a lot more impact than you realize. So, so I think the balance is... <laughs> Teach more, not just the theory. Have more apprenticeships, if you will, 
And uh, for those early in your companies and trying to make a career, make sure you have that career pipeline where they're moving forward and then double back along the way and say, here's, here's the why, here's the impact, here's why the client's going for lead. So give it that extra 10% of context to that person you're trying to teach and then it might stick. Yeah. So Charlie, I, I love to uh, ask this question. We're going to do a little thought experiment. Uh, you have access to a time machine, but it's uh, really pretty primitive. You can only send like 280 characters uh, back to an earlier version of Charlie Cicchetti. What would that message be? And what previous version of yourself do you choose to send it to? <coughs> I love this question, by the way. I love all your questions. You know, I think life's about timing and life's about asking great questions. I'm having fun here, Andy. Thank you. Is Well, on the short one would be, hey, uh, Charlie, if you ever experience a global pandemic, your companies are going to be okay. All right, so there's that one. But over here, I think um, ask for help earlier um, with advisors, key leaders within a company, direct reports, mentors, even my spouse. You know, I carry a lot. Many people count on me. Um, and when someone asks for my help, I'm going to provide it. But I think I just, I should have told myself, I had this time machine, um, you know, if you ask for someone's help, you know, they care about you and the relationship, you know, they're going to, they're going to help you. It's okay to ask for help. Um, that's what I would say. Yeah. Ask for help earlier. That is great advice. Uh, so Charlie, final question as we wrap things up, uh, how about a little plug for your podcast and then what's the next big thing in green building and what keeps you up at night? Yeah, this has been a blast. Um, I do have the green building matters podcast. Uh, just love interviewing a green building professional once a week and just giving that encouragement, learning their story and, and just, especially for those maybe making a career change, or a young professional into this movement. So that's uh, gbes.com slash podcast. And, and, but I'd say, you know, a couple things for me, what, what's, what's keeping me up or kind of what's next. Um, there's still work to do. You know, I think we've made a lot of progress with sustainability and green buildings. Um, there's a lot of, not just buzzwords, but decarbonization, net zero, all electric buildings. You know, these are things we just have to lean into. They're, they're in motion. You know, there's a good purpose behind them. And so just make sure you're well-read on all that. You know, I think at night, what would keep me up as an entrepreneur is um, I'm just excited about our industry and creating jobs. I really love creating jobs. And then hopefully that turns into a career. You know, I realize not everybody will uh, stay with me forever in my companies, but just, you know, hey, let's help create more jobs. Let that turn into careers. Um, just kind of fuel that growth. Um, that's what kind of maybe keeps me up. Another thing to keep an eye on is as office buildings navigate refinancing, people coming back post-pandemic leases or not, just adaptive reuse. There's no greener building than an existing building, and we can repurpose that. So some buzzwords to read up on embodied carbon, not just operating carbon. So the material carbon, our supply chain, that's why there's more timber frame buildings that's why we really want to make sure we have low carbon concrete. But, hey, what are we doing to actually build that building and body carbon? Sure, we want to set it up to be energy efficient, operating carbon. But just, just lean into some of these changes, check your local mandates, and along the way, hopefully create some uh, green building careers out of it. That's great. Uh, so 
on the show today, we've had Charlie Cicchetti. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. This has been a great, a great, great conversation. Uh, please uh, follow Charlie on, uh, on LinkedIn for sure. Uh, my name is Andy Tempty. This is the Balancing Act podcast. We're on all the major podcast services. Please like, subscribe, rate, share. Our producer today and always is the venerable Nicholas Tempty, and we will see you next time.